0: Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, November 16th, and I'm Blair Kirchhoff. On today's show, star columnist Vahe Gregorian and Royals beat writer Lynn Worthy discussed the news from a day earlier when Royals owner John Sherman announced through a letter the most definitive plans to date about a new downtown ballpark and entertainment district. We have a $2 billion estimate on the project. Also, it would be a private public finance deal with the suggestion that Jackson County residents continue to pay the 3 8 sales tax they approved about 15 years ago for renovations to Kauffman and Arrowhead. But what we don't have is a timetable. The letter also said that Sherman and the Royals would engage in a listening tour to gauge public sentiment. After a break, we also discussed the recent re-signing of Ryan O'Hearn. And did the media get it right in voting for Bobby Witt Jr. and Brady Singer as Royals player and pitcher of the year? Okay, let's get started. I got an interesting email on uh, on Tuesday. I bet you guys did too. Lynn Worthy and Viha Gregorian. Let's let's kind of break down what what that uh that letter from Royals owner John Sherman said and what it didn't say. Lynn, we'll start with you. Um what do we know uh, this? I think it's the most definitive statement about a new downtown ballpark that we have uh, that we've seen. But in being definitive, it left open a lot of uh, a lot of questions, did it not?
1: Yeah, um, I think it was definitely the the most strong um, indication that, you know, their plan is to go downtown, whereas before I think a lot of the talk was. They were exploring, they were studying, they were getting feedback and, you know, trying to make sure that things would uh, whatever they did and sort of leave an open that, you know, whatever they did, wherever they played um, was going to, you know, sort of fit certain criteria and and do certain things. But I think this was the first time that it was like, listen, the K is not going to do it. They want to go downtown. They've got their eyes on certain places downtown. They didn't specify a number of places, but. I think, you know, within reason, I think we've already a lot of places have already sort of uh, pointed out what some of those potential sites have been. Um, And this was the first uh, time that we've seen the the owner of the team point out that this is what they want to do and then make a little bit of the case as far as the potential impact with some numbers behind that. um, As far as you know what that could mean jobs wise, economic impact wise. and uh, what it could mean uh, for the region for the next, you know, decade plus.
0: Uh, we did get a price tag, didn't we, Vahe? Yeah, we
1: got
2: a price tag-ish, right? And, uh, <laughs> you know, Blair, first of all, I'm curious, did, when you got that letter in your mailbox, was it to you as a member of the media or a member of the community? Because it, Ooh, was,
0: uh, it was written
2: to, I, I think it was media. I think we are on that list. But it, it was an interesting uh, uh, release of all this. Yeah, so the price tag, um I, I guess not not to not to really try to use a pun, but I guess the ballpark figure is about two billion. Um and I and Lynn, I I feel like you did and you and you do, I think, also, Blair. We we do feel like this this moves the chains a little bit on telling us what, what this will entail. But things like the site and the timeline and things like that are are also, what we're all kind of waiting to get a grasp of, um, I think there's reasons for that. I do think the process has been very deliberate. I think a skeptic would say it's not been as open as the Royals uh, feel it's been, but I, 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 I think the proof will be in the pudding, right? As they try to start contouring this through, as as at least as we as we understand it, they're going to start contouring it to uh, some of the things they hear and trying to give us a better notion of what's out there and respond to it with this listening tour. The one thing, just to go back to a point Lynn made, um, I do think it was a bit of a foregone conclusion that they were going to, they're going to move downtown. On the other hand, um, this checks that box in a different way. And, and it's a different part of the equation, but the chiefs have basically been saying, well, it all depends on what the Royals do and the Royals physically making this move and all that is, is another another matter. But now, I mean, the field opens up for the chiefs, not necessarily to hurry up their timeline to tell us what they're going to do, but that, that building block theoretically is out of the way. And now I, I think that's the, the next phase of what everybody would like to know. Okay. Chiefs, what are, what are you really, what are you really thinking here? Cause that, that whole turf is going to be yours to work with.
0: Sure. Um, you know, one thing that struck me about the the letter and the information in it was it's the first time that I had seen not just a a price tag. Hey, listen, that that two billion dollar price tag stadiums don't cost two billion dollars. But what what opened my eyes was it comes with an entertainment district, and I hadn't seen that associated with a downtown ballpark. Um, we, we've we've talked about it with the with the Chiefs and what might happen if if the Royals leave the Truman Sports Complex, but I hadn't seen that with the Royals.
2: Yeah, 100 percent. And and look, they had certainly spoken of it, uh, wanting to have a broader, real and measurable impact, um, things of that nature in the area. And I think I won't speak for anybody else, but my sense of John Sherman is he's a shrewd businessman, but he's also very civic minded. And uh, I think there's, you know, a trail of that that we can see in his life in terms of what he's done with so many different causes in Kansas City. So I I'm of the mind that he's not doing this project unless he has that aspect to the project. Um, that a ballpark's just a ballpark in a sense, right? Um, I think he thinks there there really could be something revitalizing in this. And to your point, Blair, certainly more specifics about that than we've seen before. I mean, it looks like office development, hotel, um, restaurants, you know, a desire to have public transportation, substantial public transportation come there, things like that. I just think that did fill in some gaps on what was this sort of this generic idea. And again, not overly specific. Some of those things, I'm sure, are subject
1: to change, but shades starts to shade it in a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think um, one thing that I want to uh, point out, too, is like, you know, you mentioned that two billion is um an overall um, price tag, we still, we're not, it's not clear, you know, how much of that is just a stadium. Like they haven't separated out. They purposefully, I'm pretty sure did not separate out what the stadium ballpark from the whole project. Cause they're looking at it as an entire entity. But um, also along those lines, I guess I, I know you guys are right in that they hadn't necessarily talked about it in that light necessarily you know previously like in vague terms but like now that they're actually putting a number on it as a whole project not just a ballpark but i wasn't surprised in that you know last going back to last year when they first brought it up and we did some reporting on what a down down power ballpark might look like and what it might mean i remember talking to um i think it was. uh hopefully I'm getting the name right, Jonathan O'Neill Cole was the, you know, the guy in charge of uh, Pendulum, the architecture firm, who had talked to me, you know, from one of the stories we did, talked to me about, you know, they had come up with a design of the ballpark for downtown just on, you know, speculation. Um, but they had worked on multiple minor league parks, had helped in renovating other parks and all sorts sort of stuff. And, That is sort of the model for almost all these ballparks that are getting made nowadays is it's not just a stadium. It's, you know, um even at the minor league level, you're putting something in a town in like, you know, I think one of the examples was Gastonia, North Carolina or something like that. And the ballpark was part of a larger district, part of a larger uh, you know construction project, a redevelopment project. And so, you know, there was a price tag for the stadium in a lot of those cases, but really that was part of a larger, bigger multi-million dollar complex or you know, development where there's shops, housing, all these different things. Um, and I think that was maybe, maybe it was just for me, more eye-opening. And that, that's the way that these people who are looking at designing stadiums and you know putting them in these places look at this entire thing is like, that's, that's the way it is now, whether you're talking about Kansas city, a minor league place, a place like, you know, San Diego, when they put that new ballpark where they put it as opposed to where it was before. Um, that's, that is sort of the, the MO nowadays is that it's, um, looked at as a package deal. Um, and that's really sort of goes into the design aspect of it. Hey, just to add to that really quickly.
2: Uh, I hope, um, one of the other things that was, at least more explicitly stated yesterday, was the Royals' reference to that they will specifically invest hundreds of millions of dollars in this as they continue to refer to a public-private partnership. But to Lynn's point, the hundreds of millions of dollars, I don't have the wording right in front of me, but it was, was pretty specifically parsed to the ballpark and the district. So what we don't know, what I don't know anyway, is how much the assumption can be made X amount would be toward a ballpark itself, X amount towards a district itself. Um, one of the things, Blair, you've been here for this whole thing. Lynn and I have not, but um, one of the points they're trying to make about the tax situation is the 3 uh, cents uh, tax that's been in place since, I believe, 2006 when they started the renovation. And m- maybe it was before that, but at least, at least since the renovations uh, of the ballparks out there, um i think the notion is well we're just going to be asking that you continue that uh and that that under that umbrella it's it's not going to be asking for more money out of jackson county taxpayers Uh, you you may have a better recollection you of of the, the beginnings of that and how that has played but that that struck me as um something that bears more exploration in terms of what it really amounts to but but uh as, as a point that they're going to try to emphasize
0: no doubt about it that uh that that needs to be further uh further discussed and explored and I think that may be one of the things that Frank White uh was just, you know was talking about in his statement let's we, we need we just need more answers and look I it, it's you're not going to get the definitive answers within 24 hours of the, of the announcement. It's, it's, I think it's just going to take, and that's what the, the, the what I'll call the magical listening tour will, uh, will accomplish over in the city. Um, coming to take ta-da. <laughs> ta-da, ta-da. <laughs> the magical listening tour. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to, to joining that tour, uh, except some, some stops, but, uh, yeah, I, I, um, if memory serves, uh, that that ballot measure passed easily back in in uh, in, in 2006. That uh, people were willing to uh, to do what it took to uh, to to upgrade and renovate Kauffman Stadium and and Arrowhead. That's when Arrowhead. That was the beginning of the new press box that went to the top of Arrowhead, and a lot of great changes in the outfield area of Kauffman Stadium came from that uh, that fundraising
2: here's something i really don't understand and i it, it only now occurs to me we, i do believe we can anticipate the chiefs continuing to seek public money for whatever whatever project is about to unfold from them and it might it might be a mega project um and what i don't know is uh how that fits into this uh uh tax ask and whether that would have to be a different thing or would it all go to the same place? I mean, I I don't know. We're talking about two different districts and projects at this point, not one that's folded under one. And I, I wish I had uh, thought that through before I brought it up, to be honest, because I haven't really researched it and I don't know the answer. But I think it is a question that is not answerable right now. Um, and I think it merits some scrutiny.
0: Well, something else that, uh, that merits uh, further uh, you know, questioning is, the, the the Royals are not the first Kansas City pro sports team to uh, begin that will have begun a project in downtown. The Kansas City Current, which also aims to create an entertainment district uh, with its new stadium, that is uh, that has started and is expected to open in 2024, would be I don't know a mile away from uh, where we think the new stadium would would go, sort of on the east of uh, of downtown and. Um, I, I wonder if um I just I, I just wonder if, the, if if the conflict is significant enough potential conflict is significant enough to um, to could could the area support two entertainment districts right there I guess is what I'm trying to say Blair my my quick answer
2: to that is that I I hope these are things that are sort of complementary and augment and not up against each other my perception of the current uh project, is that um, while they hope for some development right around it, there's some already some anticipated development right around it with a new hotel and things like that. I don't believe um, what they're seeking to do would incorporate, let's say a business park or some other things of the ilk that we're talking about with at least this preliminary idea of what the Royals would do. And I, Again, my perception is that a lot of it will be the entertainment district. A lot of that entertainment is right at the stadium, in the stadium. Uh, Versatility to do things there of a little different size and magnitude that um, this Royals ballpark would be. I don't think we saw anything suggesting what an attendant, what a capacity would be at the Royals, Royals Park. I'm guessing in the low 30s. And this, one of the things the current has really touted and I think is, indeed uh correct is that eleven thousand five hundred i think is their uh is their size and it's somewhat distinct around the nation and certainly in kansas city. So long-winded way of saying I think I think they would be driving towards a couple of different things. Maybe there's things they'd compete with each other for, but I think there's a chance it's really a nice complement.
0: You know, uh, as soon as the Royals posted on Twitter the the letter, and I looked at some of the responses, the first responses that that I saw were from the you know the uh, joyless uh, economic study people that were just pounding back with their you know this doesn't generate any income, and it's the story that you you often read, the, the, citing the studies of how you know how little uh, income uh, new ballparks, stadiums. Generate and and how they're just you know not a not a great idea f- uh, from a public funding standpoint. Lynn, you you know you you did some uh, some discovery on this a year ago, uh, and I know that uh, when when I was you know wrote a story in in that that time, just trying to gauge public interest in a new stadium. Maybe it was a combination of the Royals not having success on the field, people uh, enjoying the the Kauffman Stadium experience, but they're there just wasn't an overwhelming demand for a new stadium. There really is going to have to be a, a kind of a sales job by John Sherman uh, on on this, I, I think. And maybe that's what these listening tours are, are going to be about.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, you know, I mean, I think if you're just going to tell people that we're going to plop this stadium down in this spot and it's going to generate millions of dollars, like poof then that's that's not really i don't think that's going to fly i don't think anybody and to be fair i don't think that's what they're doing either because i think like you said there's the cell job has already started you know whether if you look at that letter you can tell the cell jobs already started i think even before they gave specific numbers in all of John Sherman's previous comments, there was this, you know, has to be good for the community, like that, that common refrain he had has to be good for, you know, um, the Royals, but for the community, for, you know, to help um, sort of uh, develop certain parts of uh, or uh, um, areas of downtown. And so um, I don't think it's any coincidence that that's, those have been sort of the talking points as he's been talking about this even before you had numbers. Um, because he knows that you have to, you know, sell people that, okay, this is not just something that's for the Royals, that is going to do something for, you know, people who aren't there just to watch games. There's going to do something for, you know, the city, the county, um, and that, you know, there's going to be substantial gain aside from, you know, a better, um, venue to watch baseball in. Uh, so I think that's, um, and. Well, and I don't have numbers in front of me, but that's why I think it's interesting to look at, you know, places that have had stadiums for multiple years that, you know, obviously on the front end, there was numbers that said, okay, this is what you're going to get out of the stadium. And then, you know, now that they've had a stadium for, you know, 10, 15 years, whatever, like what, what has the, what have those numbers looked like, you know, in the aftermath, like, you know, um, as far as the increased uh, foot traffic and the, I mean, obviously the construction jobs, like those are the ones that like, you know, those numbers I think are pretty easy to say, okay, well, we know those ones they'll hit. (laughs) Somebody's going to have to build this thing. Yeah. Somebody's going to have to build this thing and there's going to be man hours and, and, and money attached to that. But as far as the economic development and bringing other people in from outside and, um, and what that means for the region, you know, as a whole and increased, uh, um, you know, whether it's tax money or just income, um, those are the ones that I think you, you really have to sell. And, um, and again, like I said, without having it in front of me, it'd be interesting to sort of go back and look at um, what it was in some of those places, because I think in some places you saw a significant increase in those things and then um, of course, I'm sure, you know, proponents would say, oh, you also factor in what that means for, you know, the old site, like as far as like the Chiefs, what they do with that and whatever they do with that, you know, do with that area. And if that, something comes from that, then, you know, that's also something that you wouldn't have if the world stayed in place. So, um, but yeah, the sell job, I think, has already begun and will only uh, increase as things go along. You know, just uh,
2: first of all, two of my favorite words, plop, and poof. I, <laughs> I, and isn't it too bad that it can't just be that process? But it, something just occurred to me that that uh, maybe you guys have thought about. But first of all, we got all this against the backdrop of whatever preparations need to be getting made for the World Cup. Now, luckily, Kansas City already has, as far as I understand it, Blair, you certainly could disabuse me of this, but basically all the facilities are in place. It's just the Arrowhead's going to need a substantial overhaul and and some things like that but let's just assume for argument's sake that the chiefs are going to decide to uh use the space that kaufman's in tear that down and build a new arrowhead uh with a attached football village or whatever you want to call it whether it's a green bay model or a new england new england model with a mall um and let's just throw in a retractable roof for for the argument's sake um, we're talking about two immense, vast projects. Uh, the Royals certainly would be that way and the Chiefs certainly would be that way. Strikes me that even if the Chiefs told us tomorrow that's what they're going to do, there's going to have to be, uh, I don't know how these workforces overlap, but these are these are going to be things that probably have to be done in different timeframes from each other. I mean, I don't think you can have both those going on at once. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe uh, there's, there's such a workforce that, you know, you can just do it all and have half of Kansas city being built uh, all at <laughs> once. But it just strikes me that the timeframes are going to have to be a little different, no matter what decisions get made.
0: Yeah. Cranes all over the city. Maybe. Um, I, I do think just as, in terms of the world cup, this without having spoken to anyone who who knows this, but picking up some chatter, uh, earlier, that one of the one of the ideas is for the World Cup is uh, or when they when they met the FIFA folks for that they the FIFA folks really like the idea of the underground tunnels that connect Kauffman and and Arrowhead, you know, in terms of moving people and officials and things like that and um, and and so maybe it, it's there whatever the timetable for a new downtown ballpark is. Uh, Kaufman would stay uh, intact and, and be used somehow for, you know, for World Cup soccer as well. Some kind of um, uh, some some kind of facility that can be used for practice or whatever, whatever, however, team or country wants to use it.
2: Yeah, for that reason and others, I, I, I agree with you. I think that they cannot afford. I mean, the good news for the Royals is it, the assumption is they're moving. They're not. They're not looking to build a place out there that would interfere with what they got to get ready for the World Cup, right? To be right, right. away from there. On the other hand, um, for the reasons you point out, I think Blair. With some of the chatter we picked up, might have been also even, yeah, you know, looking at Kaufman as a uh, staging ground or whatever, you know. And then you got the tunnels, all that kind of thing. So I don't. We don't have any contracts in front of us, but I would sort of assume that Kaufman being in place is part of the World Cup bid, mm-hmm. and that that that. Really can't be can't be changed or shouldn't be changed. So again, and, and I think logically we understand that the Chiefs probably wouldn't really begin anything till after the World Cup anyway. Um, one of the things it's it's funny, right? I think the last price tag we heard on the uh, overhauls at Arrowhead would be like fifty million dollars to get it the way they need it, and that's where you start asking questions about the sunk cost and if you're going to do that, what do you have to spend to get it back? And wouldn't that money be a better down payment towards whatever else they're going to do? So anyway, it's just it's just interesting to try to project how one thing will affect the other and in what time frame. I mean, but I don't imagine we're going to see whatever the chiefs do. I don't imagine we're going to see anything much before 2030 or so that that, to be done. Maybe it could be started before then. But I, I think we're a long ways away from a time where they can start taking action.
0: Okay, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, there's some on-field issues with the Royals we need to discuss, and we'll be right back. Go to kansascity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. We're back on Beat KC talking Royals baseball with Lynn Worthy and Vahe Gregorian. Lynn, um Royals, uh some roster moves uh, here in the last few days, and... Looks like the Royals have decided to bring back Ryan O'Hearn. And um, uh, listen, he he's, he's shown flashes, right? And and, um, and he's got, got some pop in the bat. But here's a guy who really has suffered because of the shift, right? The defensive shift, I think, over the you know as as a major leaguer. Um, do you think that the the change in the in the shift rules for next year? You know, you're not going to be able to line three guys up on one side of the infield is going to help a player like Ryan O'Hearn? Is that a reason to bring him back?
1: I think that's a reason or one of the reasons that the Royals are at least going to stick with him because, I mean, you know, and and I've – uh, you know, we were talking, we mentioned Twitter earlier, so um, I know Twitter had a field day with O'Hearn coming back. And because you know, what doesn't Twitter have a field day with? Um, but uh, I mean, and, and obviously, I, you know, you could point and say, all right, well, you know, he's 29, he hasn't really, you know, blossomed into what they thought back in you know 2018. We had this record setting start to his career. Um, you've got some other guys or left handed hitted sluggers who play sort of that first base outfield and just cut ties with him. I've seen plenty of people make that case um, quite uh, more colorfully than I just did on Twitter. But um, I think the other side of that is just, you know, okay, well, this is a guy who they feel like there's still, you know, potential there, whether it's hard hit rates, whether it's what he did earlier in his career, whether it's what he's done throughout his minor league career. Um, The fact that, you know, even just as a pinch hitter this year, you know, there was some production there that um, isn't necessarily an easy thing to do in that limited role, um, and then you take away the shift and you say, okay, well, maybe there's, you know, something that can still be, um, you know, extracted from that, whether that's him becoming more of an impact player, whether that's him increasing his value. When you look at the fact that you've got Vinny Pasquantino and and Nick Prado, and maybe this guy might not be there long term, but if you're going to try and do something with him, get something for him, him showing that he can do something in this, you know, post shift era, maybe that increases that value. Um and also the fact that, you know, like I, I know people say, well, you know, he's he's an older guy and he's taking up space. It's like if you look at the numbers, this is a guy, one of the four guys who was on the roster, active roster the entire season last year, didn't play in even half of the games, had fewer than 150 at-bats. That, that playing time that he's supposedly taking away, like if – If they brought, you know, Vinny Pasquantino up and that was how much they were playing him, people would be, you know, out there with pitchforks. So that that argument really doesn't mean much to me. But I think the fact that, you know, the price tag isn't really that high, you know, less than a million and a half dollars. um, He's under control for two more years anyway. So I think there's, you know, is it one of those things where you got to hold on to this guy? You can make the case you don't have to hold on to that guy, but I also think you can make the case that it's not hurting anybody to to hold on to him at that low price tag and with, you know, more upside potentially as far as, you know, value or, you know, production.
0: Okay, let's, uh, final thought, Uh, did we in the media get the Royals player and pitcher of the year correct? Uh, Bobby Witt was named player of the year and Brady Singer pitcher of the year. Vahe, was that your ballot? Uh, it wasn't. I, I
2: have to look back at my ballot. Brady Singer was, but I I, I think uh, I can't remember the way it was laid out. But I had uh, Salvador Perez as a, the player of the year.
0: Okay, and um, that, that to me would have been the only alternative for. for yeah,
2: probably. but I certainly understand the case for Bobby Witt. Uh, speaking of Twitter, by the way, I've decided there's no point in responding to people from Baltimore who uh, uh, are disputing that Bobby Witt belonged on the rookie of the year ballot. Um But uh, Lynn had some nice figures that reminded me of why in his story today and and all the things that he uh, led the major leagues in among rookies uh, and all the things he was still uh, high up in that he didn't lead. I mean, I I just I'm uh, digressing for a second, but I do think that that uh, you can make a case for a lot of different guys in that category. And I I think Bobby Witt had a lot going for him, despite some uh, some things, you know, even he wanted to have go better this year. So, um, I thought Salvador had just had an amazing year. He, he continues to, uh, defy age, which is really something I can't figure out based on how big he is, how hard this has been on his body. I don't really understand how he keeps, uh,
1: keeps going the way he has.
0: No, he's amazing. Uh, Lynn, was that your ballot, uh, with Singer?
1: Um. Actually, I had um. I had like Vi. I had Salvi. Uh, Salvador Perez as a uh, Player of the Year. Um. Singer as the Pitcher of the Year, and then Bobby as the Special Achievement Award. Um. Just considering the production that Salvi had. Um. With you know, I think he ended up with 114 games because he had you know a, an IL stint. Um. And then you know midseason surgery on his thumb, and then came back and still produced as much as he did. Um, in you know a, a truncated season, um, and also just the fact that you know, I I think people still undervalue just the uh, the impact of having a guy behind the plate doing um you know just a a guy who can you know work with the pitching staff and then also be a middle of the order bat and your primary driver of the offense. Um, so I had him and then obviously Bobby is the special achievement, just, you know, with everything that he did this year for a rookie. And I don't think there's really much debate on uh, Brady Singer and what, you know, he's done uh, this season. Um, you know, storyline aside from, you know, starting off the year in the bullpen to becoming the ace, but just the the production, the, you know, 10 wins, the ERA um, under four, the, you know, just, um, you know, being the, the stopper for that stuff.
0: Right. Okay, uh, great conversation, guys. We'll have many more uh, as news breaks on, on the new stadium, um, and perhaps we will, uh, we'll we'll see each other on the Magical Listening Tour. So thanks to Worthy and Vi Gregorian, and we'll do it again soon, guys. That'll do it for today. Thanks to Randy Mason for putting together today's show and to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Monty Davis, George Howard, and Jeff Rosen. Tip of the cap to Vahe Gregorian and Lynn Worthy for sharing their insights. Morning Sports Edition had full coverage of today's Royals news, plus coverage of KU's victory over Duke, Missouri's big win, and all national sports news. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com for more information. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in and around Kansas City every day.